Hey everyone, welcome to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast. I'm Loren, and I will be interviewing some of the top leaders and innovators from the dance and acrobatic industry. If you are a teacher, performer, student, or a lifelong learner like myself, you are sure to find these episodes intriguing and full of inspiration. Acrobatic Arts is passionate about providing current and relevant information for everyone. So please, sit back and enjoy as we share our passion with you and the world. Have you lost your marketing inspiration? Or maybe you aren't quite sure where to begin? In this episode, I'm talking with the Acrobatic Arts Director of Marketing, Michelle McBride. Get ready to take some notes as Michelle provides some wonderful marketing tips and takeaways. Michelle McBride, hello and welcome to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast. Hi. (laughs) I'm super excited to have you as a guest today. You are a graphic designer that specializes in advertising design. And I'm hoping that you will be able to provide some relevant information to the dance community, and maybe even more specifically to the studio owners themselves about how they can increase the student population at their studios. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became involved with advertising? Okay, well, I I went to university for a visual communication design degree. And I've been working in the industry for about 20 years, and I work with large international companies, national brands, or local brands. I've worked in the food industry, home shopping network, big box retailers. I ended up becoming associated with acrobatic arts by, um, I've taught dancing for about 20 years, and then I ended up certifying in module one, two, and three. And then I got my preschool, and I just got my aerial arts, and I just did the adjudicator program. And it it seemed like a really good fit to come on board with acrobatic arts as the marketing director, because I just had intimate knowledge of, you know, what they stood for, what their mission and vision and values were. And, you know, it's been such a great connection between the two of having like my advertising design to meet dancing. So it's such a great marriage of, of both worlds that I love. And right now I, I'm working with uh, local studios and, and local dance competitions just to help them, you know, create campaigns that, you know, help us recover from what happened in COVID. Our industry suffered quite a bit. So we're just trying to work on rebuilding our our, um, our industry as much as possible. So right now I'm just, you know, consulting and doing some campaigns for some local dance studios. And, you know, it's been going really well. I've been having a great time. What information would you give to studio owners? As you said, during the pandemic, I think everyone was hit pretty hard, not just the dance community. But how would you advise studio owners to connect with new customers? So many studios lost a good portion of their population. And whether those kids come back or not, you really have to find um, your your local market and, and really figuring out what is surrounding you as a studio. So where are you located? Are you in a high income area? Are you in um, a middle or lower income area? And that should help you decide like how to put pricing out there and program decisions. Maybe it would be good for your studio to do more sessional work so that they can come in for four weeks or six weeks and kind of the household can rebuild their their budget and their finances from recovering from COVID. And students and kids can still go back to the studio as much as possible. They may not be able to afford a full year anymore. 
Um, so if you can offer those smaller programs and, and really find that, that market where you can give them something to do without, you know, high cost pricing, that might be an area to explore for right now, but you really have to know the market and know the area that you're in. You can put feelers out to different organizations. You can partner with some organizations, maybe some daycares or, you know, fine arts programs, something like that but it'll really help you to connect with new clients by kind of putting your voice out there and, and really finding what they might look for um, now when it comes to recreational activities for their children. And I know some of the studio owners are probably thinking, how do you separate their studio from another studio in the same area? I know that's always tough when we're close to another studio. Yeah, so we all really offer ballet you know, it, it, it's kind of, there is like the staples that we all offer and you really have to look internally about what your studio is about. You know, what makes you different? Is your culture very like family orientated or is it, are you highly competitive? And do you have specific programs to set you apart? Maybe you offer, you know, Pilates and floor ballet, or maybe you offer, you know, hip hop mixed with acro. There's different things that can set you apart and it could be program wise, it could be culture wise, it could be just with faculty, maybe your faculty is really sought after. So making yourself different and finding that differentiation point is important because we all, you know, we have jazz, we have tap, we have ballet, you know, we all have the similar, you know, disciplines, but what makes you stand out and then market to that show people how that that brings them in and, and that might connect with people some people might be looking for just a really family oriented culture that isn't pressured into competition there isn't high prices for you know costumes or anything like that maybe it's just they just want that you know recreational kind of environment where you know we do recital maybe we do one festival and it gives them you know a place that kind of connects to it makes them feel like that feels like home to them you know some students always say their dance studio is their home and it's because they connect to the culture of the studio. So just find out what, what makes you different and that's what makes you special and marketing to that. I see, that makes sense. There's a wide variety of dance students out there and totally. I think there's probably a studio for everyone. So stick with what you're good at, stick with what makes you different and run with that. That sounds like great advice. It does. And, and even, you know, the students will connect with what their goals are. Maybe they just want to dance and stay in shape and, and enjoy the, the feeling of being in the studio and being on the floor dancing. Right. So it, it really is what the goals of these students are as well, you know, and and they'll come. They'll definitely come if you can if you can really set yourself apart as, you know, speaking to your culture, or what makes you different. Those people will go. That's for me. I really want to go to that studio. That seems awesome. And they'll come. They'll be excited to come. That would be great. How much information should someone be putting in their advertisements? <laughs> I, I do see this a lot. People do like to put as much information as possible in an ad, especially on social media. And you just have to be aware, you know, negative space isn't a bad thing. We're getting into a culture now, even looking at Instagram is now more moving towards like video and reels instead of images. So we're in a culture where we're not really loving to read as much. So presenting too much information up front is a little overwhelming. And then some people kind of check out at that point, their brain kind of goes, whoa, that's too much for me. So if you can 
you know, pare down the information a little bit and maybe go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to post to preschoolers. Here's my six preschool classes. And then, you know, do an image. And then if you're posting on, let's say Instagram, you could write in the comments, Hey, we've got preschool classes on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, here's the times, or you can provide a call to action. A call to action is when you're motivating someone to do something. So it's saying, call us, we'll talk to you about preschool classes or call us, we can talk to you about our acro program. Kind of paring it down a little bit, giving the pertinent information for sure, but not overwhelming people is is really what they need right now. And, you know, coming out of COVID, you know, we're coming back up and ramping up all our programs again. Um, and people kind of want things a little bit simpler right now. So, so don't overwhelm, you know, you can get the information out that's pertinent, but don't, don't crowd the message, give them space and room to read it. And that's just a better way to put advertisements out there. I know I'm guilty of not wanting to read too much. So yeah, totally. Our culture is kind of moving more visual imagery and video. So just remember that that's coming into play and maybe it's creating a video where it says like, here's our preschool and then slides in, these are our times or, you know, like breaking up the information makes it more digestible for people to understand and comprehend and take action on. So always remember that, that they need a little bit of space to kind of understand what you're trying to promote to them. Where should these studio owners be putting their advertising and should they be spending money on buying ads? The social platforms now, they're really focusing on more paid advertising. And we used to be, you know, like a connecting culture and, and it was just kind of going on to like Facebook or Instagram or TikTok to just kind of put some information out there and connect to people. And then ads started coming into play. And their answer to that was moving towards more paid media. So buying ads is a great thing, especially on social platforms, because you can really target those audiences. You can say, I'm looking for this area. I'm looking for this age group. I'm looking for people that have searched for, you know, mommy and me classes or people that have looked up jazz. Like you can really, really target and you can get lots of really good information and metrics back from that. So buying ads on the social platforms is a good idea. A lot of people didn't like it when it first came in because they they used to be able to advertise free or it was just a different kind of way of displaying information. But advertising on social is great because you really can get those metrics back and go, okay, this ad is working. I can see people are actually seeing it. People are taking action on it, which is really exciting, which is a little bit harder in print because you know if you're doing a billboard, which is expensive, or you're doing a newspaper ad, People are seeing it, it's keeping you in front of mind, but you don't know the metrics of that. You're not sure how they're coming in to see you from that. So I still recommend doing print advertisement because it's still getting them in front of your face and reminding them that, hey, like so-and-so studio is still around. And to be honest, like thinking about COVID, I don't know if you've noticed in my town, when I drive around, so many businesses have closed. You just didn't know. And it was like, oh, I loved that place. And oh, that place was great. Like I found driving around recently, so many places closed that I didn't know. And so many studios closed, even, you know, massive costume companies have closed. So just kind of getting them in front saying like, hey, we're still here, you know, come on down. We've got classes for everybody. So just keeping in front of mind advertising is good using the social media platforms is a great way. And when you're advertising, I know this is so much information, but <laughs> when you're advertising, you know, think about your market. There's a demographic that's really hitting Facebook and then there's demographic that is not at all. 
So you, so you really have to consider, you know, those young parents that are coming up with those preschoolers, those highly coveted students that you want at your studio, they might not be on Facebook. So, you know, spread those ads around so that they can see them. And Michelle, you said that you are currently working with some dance studios with advertising. Mm -hmm. Do you see a difference between the studios that do advertise versus the ones that don't? Yeah, a lot. And some studios think they think totally differently, which is really neat to see. And I really like watching their process because I have some studios that will do, you know, drive by signs like those little billboards that are portable. And I'll see some of them just posting on social platforms. And that to me is that culture of the studio as well. And the marketing budget, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have a marketing budget right now. So there is cheap ways to kind of get your name out there by using different platforms, um, you know, shareable images, things like that. There's no right or wrong answer. There's just kind of what works for you as a studio owner and, and how you can get your message out. You can advertise to schools. You can advertise to mommy and me groups. You can go into community programs like a mommy and me class that needs a class for dance. Think outside the box and, and really try in different places where you can advertise because you just never know where you're going to connect to a group of people or certain you know dance age categories. And now let's talk a little bit more about the design aspect, since I know you're really good at that part of it. Um, how much does the design really matter when advertising? They always say like good design is ignorable and overlooked and it's overlooked for good reason because it's good design. When you design something that's got a lot going on to it, again, like we talked about before, it's very overwhelming for people and they have a hard time kind of getting the full message. It is really important to um, look at your advertising and making sure that it's it's clean and clear and establishing a look. You know, I have a studio that everything they do is black and white and it works for them because they're the only one in the market that's doing black and white, that that's just their look and it's great. And then I have another studio that really loves doing like really bold colors and they've got different branding colors for different categories. So, you know, for their preschoolers, there's, you know, like a rainbowy kind of um, pattern. And then for their highly competitive program, it's, you know, this palette and for their, you know, festival kind of recreational program, it's this color, which is great for brand recognition. So in the marketplace, when they're, you know, someone's scrolling on Instagram or going through you know, different social apps, they'll go, oh, hey, that's so-and-so studio. I know it because their ads are constantly looking the same. It's important to design things where it always, you know, you can relate back to it. If you, if you look at the acrobatic arts ads, every once in a while, you know, I'll change them up. So it seems, it seems very different. Like here's a campaign here or this here or that here. But then you always know in the end of the day, like it's an acrobatic arts ad. It's got certain colors in it. There's certain fonts we use. So it just always brings back that brand recognition and it builds trust in um, clientele. So it, it's really important to be honest. Does it make a difference if they use stock photos or studio photos in their advertising? It really doesn't. And I know there's a few dance groups that are really helping with promotion with these, these studios. So they're providing some stock photos for dance studios. As well, you know, something like Canva, they've got some stock images in there, which is good. I, I definitely think that's a great thing. But I also want you to really think about 
like who you are as a studio, that you're being truthful and you're being authentic to yourself. So if you're posting a lot of images of a studio, there's there's kids in the foreground having a great time doing a ballet class, but in the background, it's this beautiful, you know, brick wall studio with massive windows and beautiful mirrors, and then they come and it's completely different story. You're kind of duping them a little bit. So make sure that you're still staying truthful to who you are as a studio and you can mix up the images as well. And maybe you can hire a photographer or, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, the, the new phones are really good right now. If you're strapped for cash and you can't bring a, a photographer in, jump on, take a bunch of pictures around the studio, show that culture, show, you know, the kids having a, a good time and enjoying themselves, show the studio. I warn about stock images you know, kind of deceiving people a little bit. Make sure you're still mixing up your own studio and your own student student population so it's still very authentic to you. So let's switch a little bit off bringing in new clientele. Let's talk about how we can interact with the studio audience that we already have and how would you interact with the studio clientele on social media? Now, a lot of times um, people are commenting and they're a little bit bolder online than they would be in person. And I think that's just like the age of the internet. But always remember how you're speaking to your clientele. Where are you coming from? How you talk to people is important and ignoring people, people will notice that. So if somebody keeps, you know, asking questions or questioning you or, you know, posting on your posts, if you just keep ignoring and keep ignoring and keep ignoring, people will notice that. So interact with them and make it positive. If you see some people that are out there posting for your studio, repost that on your site. You know, you're supporting that culture and you're supporting your student population. And that will really build that brand trust and people will really be attracted to that brand. So you definitely have to use tone as much as possible and really thinking about what you're you're saying online and keeping it positive, really keeping it positive. And even your faculty, make sure you let them know how your tone is and how you respond online. And if they can't, you know, fit in with your studio voice, then ask them not to respond to things like that online because they do need to support the studio as much as possible. And in your opinion, how much should people post on the studio social media? There's definitely no like specific formula, but posting relevant things and posting value from your organization is important. So just constantly selling and selling and selling and selling and selling. After a while, that sales pitch voice turns them off. You know, you might have a formula like there's a lot of throwback Thursdays and like technique Tuesdays and definitely participate in those things and provide value to your brand. As long as your social is providing value and, and bringing you up in those social media feeds, then that's just people going back to brand recognition and going, oh, hey, that's so-and-so studio again. Like, oh, I love the stuff that they do. And so there isn't a perfect formula, but I definitely think providing valuable content is important mixed in with your advertising and promotions. Michelle, so many good ideas and information. If a studio owner was maybe overwhelmed with advertising, what would be the one thing that you would say would be the most important? You know, and marketing is overwhelming. There's so many avenues now. There's, you know, putting out newsletters and using email clients to help you with that. Putting out like a monthly newsletter to your studio is a great way to kind of go, here's the 30 things you need to do know today, or here's 10, or here's five. 
and you can schedule those in advance. So if you had an email client, like an email program that can like send out emails for you, you can schedule that, you know, even in the summer when we have a little bit more downtime, we can say, okay, in September, I'm going to email out what all the classes are and here's the schedule. And then in November, we're going to say, you need to pay your fees for competition and you need to pay your costume fees. And here's how, you know, here's how you do it. So you can, you can schedule things now that will really help your time management because we are really busy. If you don't have that time, a great place to just put things out. That's a cheap and quick way to do it is go into social, just go onto a social platform where most of your clientele live and just post when you can and, and get that message out there. I've got some dance videos that just post into like a group chat and just say, Hey, like, don't forget we're competing at this time tomorrow. See you there kind of thing. And then I have another studio that they send out monthly newsletters and then they send out interim emails. And we also talk online a little bit. And then some, some studios work on apps like band or teams or Slack, and they can get the message out to everybody at, at one time. So it is hard. It's definitely hard. It is time consuming, but a quick way to do it would be on social, any social platform. Michelle, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. And thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much as well. If you found Michelle's advice helpful, make sure to check out her weekly minis on the Acrobatic Arts YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day.